Welcome to the Wise Roots podcast. My name is Hugo Menard, and my guest today, back for a second time, is James Kawainui. James is a native Hawaiian healer whose family roots go back many generations in Hawaii. He works with people from all over the world in person and remotely to help them overcome pain, emotional trauma, and illness so that so they can find relief and happiness and live pain-free, purpose-filled lives. James was on the first episode of this podcast where he shared his journey to being the healer he is today, as well as some very practical exercises that we can all do to develop our ability to sense and work with energy. Uh, And there are a few mind-bending ideas in there as well. So uh, I invite you to take a listen to that episode if you haven't already. So James, welcome back again, uh, and good to see you again. Yeah, hey, good morning. How's everything going? Good. Um, Yeah, we're going into spring here. Uh, It's... uh, weather always makes you feel better here um (laughs) where i would like to start today is with ho'oponopono um you mentioned that there's a sort of modern ho'oponopono that has been changed somewhat to its original form so could you talk a bit about what the original form is and what that change has been you know there's so many different ways we can look at this and and the the idea of ho'oponopono that people have is that you know um the the phrases that that have they've been shared you know um i'm sorry please forgive me i love you thank you you know that there's forms of that that have been um shared and been taught for the last few years probably for the last 20 years or so and and the more I started listening to that, and and the more I started watching, and 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 there's a li- there was a little bit of judgment inside of that as I as I watched because I realized that what they were doing and what they were saying there was truth to it, yet it wasn't the full story. And so, if you look at you know Hawaiian language is really amazing because if you take it there within a word excuse me there could be um several root words and and they they've been put together to create an understanding so ho in ho'oponopono is like it's almost like an adverb it 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 accentuates whatever it is that comes after that and 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 pono in Hawaii is righteousness. There's so many different different languages. If I pulled my Hawaiian dictionary out, I could read you about 12 different um, definitions of pono. But pono is about righteousness. Pono, pono is about right relationship. Pono is about living in an integrous way, right? So just I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So ho'oponopono in that regard is about living a certain kind of life a life that is in right relationship right relationship with myself right relationship with uh, um, the people that are around me right relationship in my life in the in relate and as it as it leads itself leads itself to um, the land and and the animals and and nature and everything around me right but but if you're to look in the the Hawaiian dictionary for the definition of ho'oponopono, it says absolutely nothing 
about forgiveness. Wow. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Okay, about forgiveness. So if you look in the in in and and I have a dictionary here and and if you look at the definition of ho'oponopono in a Hawaiian dictionary, you know what it says? Two words. To correct. That's it. Okay. Well, okay, that changes things. <laughs> so to, to 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 correct. That's it. It says nothing about nothing about forgiveness. Nothing about the act of forgiveness. Nothing about you know. Um, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. You know whatever all about it. That those are all things that were created. Um, through teachings that people got from other people. Let's just put it that way. In, so, in, in, go ahead. You want to ask a question? Let's jump into the questions. Are you saying that even the, the, the phrase that so many people know of, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, thank you, that even those phrases aren't really true ho'oponopono? No. So then where did that even come from? I mean, I know you said it a little bit, but how is how is that being changed so much? It, it was a translation that came about by by, and I don't want to name names, so we're not going to name names here. But by mm -hmm. people that studied with with certain people in Hawaii, you know, twenty twenty or thirty years ago, mm -hmm. and and through their study and through the the teachings that they were that they were that were shared with them. They came up with a system of forgiveness. So everybody knows in, in when when people start looking up Ho'oponopono, there's a there was a psychologist in Hawaii, his name was Dr. Lim. Um, um, and he had a practice and he was asked to to help at the state mental institution, which is on the island of Oahu. So he went there, and this is a place where people were um, not incarcerated, but they were in, in an institution because it was an institution for the mentally ill, okay? Mm -hmm. And so they wanted his help to see if he could rehabilitate those people. And so he went to work there. And what he did when he first got there is they gave him a room they said, okay, um, just let us know any, anything that you need. And what he did every day is he asked for all of the, the cases, for all of the people. And I'm going to give a very abbreviated story of this. If people want to look at look for this, they can find it on the internet. There's enough information there. And what he did was he would take out files of the people that were in the institution, and he would lay them in front of him, and he would look over the files, and then he would literally pray over their files so he was looking at that and what he was doing was praying but there's there's this whole, a whole deeper understanding of this because one of the things that the, that the hawaiians understood in a very deep way was the was the transmission and and the movement of energy Right, so you could talk about the kahunas and the teachings, and 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 this is not just Hawaiians, but in most indigenous 
in, in fact, in all indigenous cultures, if you go back far enough and you go to the shaman or you go to that person that is that is that is holding that space, the medicine man for the tribe, whatever you want, however you want to look at it, that person or that lineage understood how to use energy, right? Mm -hmm. So the Hawaiians have this thing called la'au kahea, okay? And la'au kahea basically is, is healing through prayer. And so he sat and he prayed and he, and he, what he did was he prayed and he saw the person that he was praying at inside of their full health, inside of their complete rehabilitation. And, and he held that space and he, and that's the energy that he projected or that he sent, right? And literally without seeing that person, he didn't see that person at all. He actually did it with their records and everybody thought he was crazy. He's like, what are you doing? There's nothing that, that we can't see anything that was happening. But this really strange thing started to happen. The relationship between the patients and the staff changed then the relationship with the patients in between the patients changed and then the patients literally got better so over the course of the few years that he worked there it changed the the let's just put it this way people started healing and leaving and and he also worked with the staff on the same level and so the long and short of the story is they ended up closing the facility because there was nothing left for them to do. Wow, okay. And, and so then he started looking at that going, well, wait a minute, there's something to this, obviously. And, and people came to study with him when they heard his story because he, somebody, he, he met a few people that took him basically on the road. So they, they brought him to the mainland. He talked about his story. He talked about what had happened, the transformation that happened. And, in, and the transformation was through this idea that, that we can change our outcomes, but that, and this is where I think it came in, and I'm not sure, but this idea of forgiveness. And then, so then eventually, so during the course of all of that, the precepts of those four, statements that everybody knows as Ho'oponopono now came into being. <coughs> wow. And so over the, so then that be, that gained popularity. And as it gained popularity, then it went through its, I would say, edits and revisions. Mm-hmm. And and every and everything in Western society is about that because if you look at yoga and you look at the precepts of yoga, it has nothing to do with hatha. It has nothing to do with the movement. It yoga is a mindset. Yoga is also an an energy, right? The the same way that people are using plant medicine, the same way that people are studying shamanism now, the same way that there's there is a sound healer on every corner. Okay, I'm gonna just if I'm gonna be controversial, I'm gonna just gonna throw all that shit out there. Okay. And people are doing all of these things and they're getting the I would say the superficial teachings most of people are. 
but they're not getting the deep level understanding of what those things actually are. So, so example, you do a sound healing and you're using tools like just for example, crystal singing bowls. Okay. The, the sound of the crystal singing bowls are actually so profound that what it's doing is it, is it can change the genetic structure of your body as you're playing it for yourself and for people. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand the consequences of what that can do and the power that that is, you're changing people and not understanding how or why. And not only that, but you sh you you send this sound wave into people and their bodies shift and then things start happening. But then they don't understand why their lives might be falling apart or all these things are happening. And they, they can't directly attribute it to the sound healing that they got. That's just one way of looking at it. Okay yeah so 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 coming back and looking at ho'oponopono then and and going okay what is the understanding of this ho'oponopono as it was as it was used in o hawaii was a system for conflict resolution not forgiveness conflict resolution Conflict, conflict resolution between people, conflict resolution between families, conflict resolution sometimes between villages, right? And so it's an understanding of how to resolve conflict. How do we cut? How do we come into pono inside of our relationships? How do we come into right relationship be, between us ourselves? How do we look at all the conflicts and all of the issues that we have and lay them on the table? and be able to understand that in a way that we can resolve that, right? And how do you do that? First of all, you actually have to know how to listen to what other people are saying. Because if you have an idea of what a conflict is and they have an idea and an opinion of what a conflict is, and you're so locked into your point of view that you can't hear the other person, there is never going to be resolution. There's never going to be Ho'oponopono. You will always be in conflict with each other. And if you're in conflict with each other, that means the energy is not flowing the way it needs to flow. And with that conflict, because one of the things that when I first heard of Ho'oponopono was this idea that you can use it for the challenges in your life. And, so, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay, I'm just gonna yeah, stop you right there. Yeah. I can look at Ho'oponopono. I can look at the challenges in my life, and I can look at everything that's outside of me. But if I'm not looking at the, the challenges that I have, that's internal, this means nothing. And ho, most people use Ho'oponopono this way, but very few use Ho'oponopono this way, inward. Right. I have to I have to be able to look at the things that are happening in my life. I have to be able to look at my shadow. I have to be looking at the things that I I don't like about myself and come into resolution with those things. Before I can even go into looking at other things or other people or other situations. So the if someone would as many of us are, right? Looking at big world events and finding it difficult to say the least. Can the 
original form of Ho'oponopono of looking within and help in that regard? Or is conflict, the way you're talking about it, not really suited for that kind of approach? Well, gosh, there's so many different avenues to come at this, okay? Mm -hmm. So if we look at the, one one way to look at this, if we look at the avenue that everything is us and we are everything, right? Mm -hmm. The conflict in the world is a reflection of some inner conflict. It has to be. True or not true? I think there's a lot of truth in that. <laughs> the, 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 the area that, that I come to is going, well, I know that there are many people who, um, and, and I, I, I don't think you can blame all of the conflict out there on saying, well, it must be that everything in me is bad. I think that there's a certain limit of where that can be. Well, there is a certain limit of that because, because we have to remember that there are 8 billion individuals on this planet having different experiences. So we're all looking at those pieces inside of ourselves and, and all those pieces externally. So I may be able to come into right relationship with myself and excuse my language and the world could still be fucked up, right? Because, yeah. because I'm not in charge of everybody else and everybody else's energy as well. True? True. So I can do what I can do in my universe, which is me. I can create yeah. the space and the understanding and 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 it doesn't separate me from everything else it just i look at it this way the more internal i go or the more i can come into a place of peace inside of myself what happens on it is on an energetic level i start to radiate and i start to broadcast that peace okay and so then the people that are around me experience my peace because they feel the energy. And some are repelled from it or some people go, wow, what are you doing that you look so calm, so peaceful, so so serene? And you share. Mm. And in that way now, then we start to affect other people who understand what we're talking about, who go out and affect other people. And so there's this place. and and where we come to a tipping point of the energy shifting because enough people are thinking and feeling that way yeah that makes me think i recently um read a scientific experiment that was done and they found that if you are happy like you know very simple terms, but if you are happy you're going to affect ha like people who know you are more likely to be happy mm -hmm. but then it can be like two or three links out that even if you don't know the person you're affecting that happiness and that's been scientifically proven now so um, yeah yes same same idea from a different looking same at idea from different lens exactly so so you look at all of that and you realize okay <laughs> and then there's another aspect of this to to kind of look at as well right because people have a tendency to take all of the things that are happening out there in the world very personally we get very polarized about the events that are happening and we're either agree or we disagree and if we and and that level of polarization is getting so sharp now that you can literally see the division of of ideas and people inside of that right yeah 
and but there's another app there's, there's this other piece so I'm watching everything that's around me and all the things that are happening and I have an emotional reaction to everything that's out there I can have an emotional reaction to whatever it is some some situation comes up and I find it on my phone or in my feed or or I read it or I see it on the news however people get information right and and my emotional reaction positive or negative doesn't really matter right so I'm just going to use a negative a negative because this is kind of where most people go it's where inside the physiology of stress we go straight to survival so but we're going to put that to the side and we're going to come back to that okay yeah Because I have an emotional reaction to it, now I'm emotionally attached to it. So whatever happens out there is going to affect me personally, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the easiest example I can give for everyone, and I can give this example worldwide, I think, was Trump when he was president. Okay? You either loved him or you hated him. And and there was those you know and there's in betweens of course there's grades in between, but the, but the people that literally hated him kept looking for the next thing that was going to piss them off about what he was doing so that they could say God what a dumbass this man is right, and then the, the, and the people that loved him would look at that and they would he would do this one thing and then they would go, my God look how amazing this man is right, and and so the emotional reaction that was happening. But this is the thing about it is he's just being who he is he's just being he was just he is just being who he is i'm putting an emotional attachment or reaction to who he is so two things are happening in there in my opinion okay this is how i see it one is every time i react to him what i'm actually doing is giving him my energy so i'm giving my energy away to him that that and people that understand this take all that energy, even if it's negative energy, and they gather it and they use it. Because now they're stronger. Because it's almost like it's almost like they're standing here and, and everybody's attaching to them energetically through that negative emotion. And so it's like being hooked up to a battery charger and, and all these people are charging my battery. It, it, they think that it's mm -hmm. a negative thing, but but I learned how to use this emotion, so I will turn it around and I'm going to use it to change things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So so what happens is if you we look at the things that are happening around us, and it's not saying that we're detaching from them, but another way to look at it is that these things are happening around me. They're not happening to me. That's a good you distinction. See, so you see how, and you felt the change in your body when I said that. Yeah. You did. You felt the change in your body when you, when I said that. Because then I can see, because now what I'm, this is a change, and this is this is a perceptual change, but it's also a very tangible change because you feel it inside of you. Now what happens is I see everything around me as information that helps me understand what my next move is or what I need to do or not do. Hmm. Then yeah, my good. then then my logic and my brain and everything that it was designed to do, right? 
gathers the information and says, well, based on the information, James, you should do this. There is no emotion inside of that. It's just taking information, looking at it, and then make, deciding what my, what the choice is, what the decision is. It's a completely different way of looking at the world. And it's not detaching and saying that I'm not, I, I, I'm ignoring everything that's outside of there. Right? Yes, that seems like, oh, such an important piece that I think has been missing in my understanding of things for so long. Because you know, in, in so much of this work, we're often taught detachment or... I, it's, it's a, yeah, if you want to call it detachment, though, it's a, it's a healthy detachment because you're looking at it and you're not completely ignoring it and pulling yourself away. And, and, and detachment sometimes is making like something doesn't exist and just creating this wall where we don't, we, we choose not to feel, see, experience or anything else. Like that's not the detachment that we're talking about. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a different way of looking at it and going, oh, just like somebody that's angry, that's projecting anger at you. You can you can react to that anger and get angry yourself and 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 react in anger back to them. Now, have you helped the situation at all? Probably not. Have you escalated the situation? Probably so. Right? If I look at that and somebody's projecting anger because they're angry at me, and I go instead and go, huh, that person is angry. There's nothing that I've taken on. But now I have an understanding of why they are what, where they are and why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Do I need to help them get over their anger, which is where I'm taking control and saying, I need to help you because you're in a bad place. And at that point, I just became God because I made a decision that you're bad or you need help. So let me fix you. <laughs> so th this ties in so beautifully to a question that I've, uh, I want to ask you around looking inwards versus outwards. So if there is if there is a, a problem or a challenge in our life, um, and I'm sure we can all think of things that happened very recently in the past few years, is it ideal to, because one thing that we can do is get tense, you know, and stand up to the problem and say, I'm not going to let this happen. And then another way to say, to go about it is sort of bring love to the situation and not fight it. And I'm not sure if those are too, simplist, too simplistic a term and if there are other... So, sometimes... A lot of times we make things way too hard. And if we took things down to its simplest form, we might be better off. All right. And I, and, and I think about that because you talk about that. And the first thing that I think about is, is how you guys were in lockdown for almost two years. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to say it because I can, the overreaction of the government and the people that were in power that said that, that you, that this needed to happen. And then all of the, the, the stress and everything that came because because people did not agree they let their voices understand beats be 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 they be heard because they didn't agree and yet there wasn't a place and it's not that i'm not making it this wrong but 
could there have been because we we went through it in in our own way the same way here a different way of looking at that right i i and i this i tell you i'll tell a story okay mm -hmm. which which kind of helped me understand this okay this is when my mother was still alive all right she passed in 2020 it wasn't from COVID, but but it, it was it was her time and and i would call her often because I haven't lived at home in Hawaii for, for a long time. So I would, uh, she was my coconut wild. She was who told me what everything was going on in my family. So I could call her and, and I would find out everything that was going on. But my mother was getting old and so she didn't want to drive and she had quit driving long, long, long time ago. When she lived on Oahu, there was a transit system so she could get the bus everywhere she went, you know. But she moved back to, to Kona and there wasn't, there wasn't that tr system. And she became housebound. Only time she went anywhere was if somebody came and got her and took her um, out for a trip um, for the day or to the doctor or to the store, or whatever it was, right? So she was, before even COVID even hit, she, in, in, in a lot of different ways, she was housebound. She couldn't go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. It was um, my 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 brother's driveway felt unstable for her. She didn't know if she could move around or walk down or or do any of that. So she didn't go anywhere. She didn't she she didn't um, she became more housebound. And an interesting thing came when COVID hit. I remember talking to her. Oh, I don't know. It was March when everybody went into lockdown here, and it was maybe May or June. Is when I talked to her and I said, How's everything going? And she talked about this and this and this, and, and then she lamented about the fact that they were in lockdown and nobody could go anywhere anyway. Nobody could go anywhere. That immediately when I heard her, the first thing in my mind was, But mom, you don't go anywhere anyway. So why is this whole idea of lockdown changing the way that you're seeing the world? But the, but what we did is we took the information and we and we did we did whatever we did with it. But to her, it made it bad because now she was stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Did it actually change her situation? In reality, it didn't. But her mindset changed because now she was stuck at home. And and we did that a lot. The, you know, whoever, the government, whatever, whoever said you can't go someplace. And the only, I think, one of the things that we we kept our focus on was our loss of liberty and our loss of freedom. And not the other way. I, I For me, I thought COVID was not the best thing. I can't say that COVID was the best thing that happened. That's not true. When COVID hit, the universe created this perfect way for us to be cocooned inside of ourselves so that we actually could do the inner work. Mm -hmm. But most people did not know how to deal with the space, the emptiness that COVID created. And, and so, we did all the things that we did, right? 
we fought, we rebelled, we we were against the lockdown, we whatever it, all of the things that happened, instead of going, oh my God, here's a space I have the time to sit and I can unpack my life and look at what's going on, and and see if I can shift any of this. But all we did was find distraction and create hardship and create and look at what we lost instead of the things that we may have gained inside of that space. The longer we, it went on, the, t the tougher it was for people because they kept looking at all the things that they could not do. And so to come back to the, the the question that this story came from, because I'm hearing that okay, there is a there's a mindset there, and and that that has been played through even through when you're talking about whole pono pono, that it's it's, it's right, yeah, it's, 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 it's this mindset. Yeah, the mindset inside of whole pono pono is this idea of how do I live it in my life in a way that is in right relationship with myself and my surroundings to live to live a life of authenticity and everybody this is a real big phrase right now catchphrase in, in america authenticity right everybody's wanting to live this authentic life right but what does it truly mean to be authentic and to be in integrity That's a whole, you know, yeah, I, I'm throwing yeah. it out there, but that's yeah. a whole different con concept. But if you look at it in the, in the form of in, in back into Ho'oponopono, it's this way of looking at it as, can I look at the things that I don't like about myself as well as the things that I do like about myself? Can I not focus on just the bad and and drop into my self-critical, self-judging self place? And can I look at those pieces and going, okay, how can I pull those pieces out, look at that, and come to resolution, right? It's a conflict. It's an internal conflict that I'm wanting to resolve. Most people resolve it through distraction and, and burying it. Yeah. What I'm starting to kind of hear, you know, as I'm listening and trying to listen past the first uh, layers, is that if there is a conflict, a problem, a challenge, whatever it is, is that it's not so much that there is a right solution in um, taking action or bringing love to it or, or any one idea, but it's about listening to it and being as true and authentic right, to yourself as possible. And from that place of listening, the appropriate response will reveal itself is that an accurate understanding it is because when it's in in some ways it's like this when i can step into it and i don't allow my emotional reaction to take place i can see whatever my conflict is in a different light and this is this, so this is what so 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 this is what this is the team showed me this the other day and i thought that this is brilliant right it's the idea of the hologram so so like i read a lot of science fiction i read a lot of fantasy and i was just reading a, a, a whole series right 
but everybody carried hollow pads around with them and they did all their data on their data pads and everything else like that. And if they wanted to show anybody, they would just go like this and they throw it up and all of a sudden it was there. They do it on Star Trek, like, you know, the new Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so they do that, right? So they take whatever it is that they're looking at and they throw it up there and they lay it out and then they go like this and they go like this and they go like this and it spreads itself out. And so they take whatever problem or issue or thing that they're looking at and then they go like that and they spin it and they look at it, right? And that's really all we're doing. We're, we're so locked into the linear picture of everything, right? Mm. That, that, that if we can sit back and we can look at something that we can, that it's like, I say that to people. And, and before I came up with the idea of the hologram, it was, it was me holding up my crystal. So if you look at my crystal, right, mm -hmm. it looks amazing this way. But if you look at my crystal this way, it looks completely different. If you look at the, at the crystal this way, the facets change. So every way I look at a situation, it changes when I give myself a different perspective. Yeah. And just for people listening, um, when you're saying I go like this and this, it, it was um, moving the hologram with your hands to see it from moving. a different uh, perspective. Yeah. You're spinning it around. And, and everybody that's watched any of the new Star Trek series, they're, they're watching everybody do that constantly, yeah. right? So and they'll be able to get the, the, the visual of that. And, and I then, think, yep. So finish. No, no, you, you go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say, I, I think that the uh, metaphor of a hologram well, is actually not really a metaphor because a lot of science is now saying, well, actually, we this world might actually be a hologram. So that might be the truest way of looking at things, <laughs> which you know that just goes into things where your mind starts to hurt trying to like understand the implications of that and how that actually works but uh yeah. so 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 here's 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 an opportunity okay mm -hmm. because the mind takes over and like it just did because you just said that right and it wants to take off on on this trajectory because the mind wants to understand right it's it that's its job is to understand so it can give us information so that i know how to navigate my world right mm -hmm. that's really what the mind is Yet, if we went back to that place right before the mind engaged itself and you were able to look at the emotional reaction or how your body felt and, and what that feeling was. Because mm -hmm. there was a feeling when you understood the hologram and there was like this <sighs> that went through your body. Mm-hmm. So what in that moment, it wasn't your head that was not in charge, but it wasn't your head that was understanding and and giving you the in some ways the tangible visceral um, understanding. It was your body and the body's reaction. In other words, it was your heart. Because the heart went, oh, right. And, and there was a, and there was almost like this notching down of energy as it relaxed and it went got it and the heart opens right mm. we never pay attention to that part we only ever pay attention to the head so that's when i work with people they're talking and i can i i'm feeling the change because that's just how i work having that empathic sense feeling the energy i will i will stop people and say don't tell me what you're thinking tell me what you're feeling and they'll start explaining to me. I said, no, 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 no. Don't. I don't want an explanation. I want you to go in and feel what that feels like. 
Mm. We detach from our mind. We take the information in in a different way. And this is the crazy thing that happens. Because I it landed as that visceral somatic feeling in my body, right? I Not only do I understand it without having to understand why I understand it, I automatically have this energetic signature of what that felt like. Now, if I can keep coming back to that energetic signature of what that feels like, I can take myself out of situations and pull myself out of my mind. We just went in a completely different direction. But so but that's you know, like a yes, yeah, so and that's like a small practice to build to help you when the big moments come. Yeah. It's also a small practice to help you get out of your mind when your mind's trying to tell you stupid-ass stories that are not true. Because it'll do that. Because that's what it's trained to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a really lovely technique um, that, that I think you know this comes from uh, indigenous people, ancient civilizations, but uh, it's sort of, I've, I learned it through a modern context, which was, when you're facing a decision of some kind, tune into your heart and ask your heart rather than your head. Rather um, than your and head. you get yeah. really interesting answers. Like things not that you gonna, would yeah. not think. <laughs> um, yeah. You And usually not what your head would tell you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so, so if you, so, the, so if you're coming back, so we, you know, we like, we keep bringing this back to Ho'oponopono, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what did you just do in that moment? You just resolved an inner conflict. Just by tuning in into the heart. Yeah. That's Ho'oponopono. So, I mean, I know you do a, a workshop on this and, and so the, the teaching can kind of be in the workshop, but just as a as an idea, are there specific practices in Ho'oponopono or is it more a teaching of the mindset and then allowing practices to come from that organically? It, it's it's twofold. And what, okay. you're, what you're asking for is partially true, okay? Right. So, so if like if I take a step back and I go back and I say, okay, so how was it done in 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 Hawaiian culture, right? Mm -hmm. If there was if there was conflict between people, they would come together, but the but the what they would do is they would actually assign a mediator. They actually assigned a neutral party to sit between both parties, so that that neutral party that mediator would allow both sides to be able to voice their feelings and their understandings but the other thing that happened also inside the whole ponopono was before you even came together to talk about your conflict there was this whole idea of pray and cleansing and deep meditation so that you could actually understand inside yourself what the conflict was and there may be a lot of times when you go into that introspection that you look at that and go, oh, the thing that I thought that I was in conflict in with them was actually something I was in conflict with with me. So, so is there a need for that, for that resolution there, or am I finding it here? And I think you hit on it as well, is because when we can step back from our mind 
and we can ask the heart what the true understanding is, we're almost always going to get a different answer than what we thought it was. And the resolution, the resolution is closer than we actually may think or trust itself to be. Yeah. And I've been really astonished as I've done inner work in my own way, just how much outer problems seem to not matter or dissolve or change by doing the inner work. Things that I'm like, it's an external thing. Obviously, I can point to it. I can touch it. It's, you know, everyone can agree that that thing is there. And then I do the internal work and unexplainably in ways you can't really put words to it shifts. Um, and it's still something that I marvel at a little bit, um, or a lot, actually. <laughs> well, if you look at it from the point of physicists, right? Physicists proved a long time ago that the observer changed the experiment through their observation, yeah. right? So in other words, the, what I put my mind to, what I put my energy to, I create. Mm. I change my external through how I use my energy as I absorb it or as I react to it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> as 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 you think as you're thinking. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up a little bit about Ho'oponopono. Since yeah, you, this is where we start, okay. In, in that process of conflict resolution and coming back together, there are a couple of really important factors inside of that. Is that we have to be willing to hear another person's point of view. If I'm so locked into what I see and I can't see what the other person is, how they're hurting or where they see that I may have done something wrong to them or whatever the whatever the situation is. If I can't be in neutrality or in the in in the space that allows me to look at the other person and hear their story or hear where they're at. Truths are not truths. We don't have to we're not judging. I'm just giving myself space to do that. How can I expect that person to listen to me? That's that's one piece, right? Mm -hmm. So until that, until there is true listening, and that's why the mediator was put inside of that idea of of that conflict resolution, because the mediator would make sure that both sides were able to air everything that they were feeling inside of that, and then to help the other side understand their point of view, because until I understand where you're coming from, how do we really find resolution? But it's one of the things that I think that we've lost is the ability to hear and listen to other people. And do you have any advice or guidance when you're in a place where the emotional intensity of what you are experiencing is so high that you can intellectually understand, okay, I need to listen to the other person, but your emotions just 
overpowered that uh, so extraordinarily at such a high degree that it is uh, almost impossible to just kind of mentally get yourself there. If it's possible and you have that, you know, and, and this is where we start to ask for the things that we need. This is a place where I start to create, uh, how do you say this? I wanna say, I, I'm gonna say this and it's not quite right, space for myself. Mm -hmm. Where in a situation like that, where I can feel my emotions, and I and my wife and I have learned to do this inside of our relationship, and and when I can do this with other people, um, it's always helpful. Is is saying, I can see that my emotions are getting the better of me in this moment, and what I need is to be able to step back and to reset myself. I'm not walking away from you. I'm not saying that what you're talking about is not important. But I can't fully listen to you in this moment because of how I'm feeling. And so that's that's on me to come back and to step back and to look at that and then to go inside and go, okay, wait a minute. I can feel my head because it's not my heart that's reacting in that way. It's my head that's reacting because... In that moment, a lot of times what's happening is what I'm hearing from that other pe person is making me feel like wrong. Mm. As soon as I as soon as I feel like I'm been wrong or I'm hearing that I'm wrong from somebody else, I shut down. Right. And then I will all I am doing at that point is is building my ammunition for my rebuttal against against my wrongness or the, against the perception of the wrongness right so the, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to take a step back and says we're both our emotions are getting the best of us i understand that can we just take a step back take a breath remember why we're here or try to remember what we're doing here right and why why we're speaking in the first place so the one of the, the way that I explain this sometimes is that once energy creates this momentum and it has this inertia, it'll keep moving forward. And and we're riding that train along with it. And at some point when we realize that we're riding this inertia or this momentum and we and we want to break that somehow, we have to be able to break that momentum because and you understand this, you've watched things escalate. And it escalates and it gets higher and it gets higher. We're bombarding each other with energy. The more we bombard each other with energy, especially when it's negative energy, it's it's literally like a form of spiritual warfare. So every time I throw this energy against you and it's negative, you're going to feel it. And, and what you're going to do is, without knowing what else to do, you're going to throw that energy back at me in, in that some retort or reply or whatever it is, or or a fist, right? Or a bullet, whatever it is, right? Mm. There's all of this. And so where's the place where we break that, where we break that energy? And because, and this is the other thing that happens on an energetic level. Every time the energy goes back and forth like this, it multiplies itself by 10. So, so a, an argument quickly spirals out of control because we're hurling 
negative energy at each other. So yeah. where's a place where one of us steps back, somebody steps back and says, wait a minute, I don't want to do this. Let's see, I want to do this a different way. Can we find a different way? At least in that moment, what I've done is I've stopped the, the transfer of energy back and forth, right? Mm. And and I'm looking at, and, and everybody's out there, they're going to listen to this and they're going to say, oh yeah, Jade, that sounds really good. But when I'm in the middle of my shit, that's the hardest thing to do. And, you're, and I'm going to say, you're right. And yet, that's the, that's in some, not the lesson. I don't want to say that's the lesson, but that's the opportunity. Mm. The initiation. The initiation. Somebody has to break the, or interrupt that that energy, that movement of that energy. And if I'm going to wait for somebody else to break that energy, then I was going to go, no, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Why don't you stop? No, I'm not going to stop. You stop. And, and, and then it becomes never ending, yeah. right? So, so stepping back and, and I, and, and I've learned to do this and I'm better at it. And I don't always get there, but I'm better at it, way better at it than I was before. And go, wait a minute. I'm going, we're, I'm going down a road. We're going down this road that I don't want to go down. So I'm going to take a step back. Even if all I do is take a breath in that moment, I'm going to find whatever I can find to break that energy. That's why That's why in Ho'oponopono they had a mediator because a mediator was going to stop, hold on. <laughs> Everybody stop, right? Let's take a breath. Let's walk away. We'll come back when 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 the energy changes. Yeah. Wow. Are there any final pieces on Ho'oponopono that do you think are are important? And you know, again, you do a whole workshop on this. So I don't want to get into all of that, um, but just for people to have an idea of um, this more original uh way of it i'm not going to say that it's not about um forgiveness right mm -hmm. because 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 the end result is that forgiveness so i'm not saying that it's not about that. it's yet forgiveness is only one of the parts or one of the pieces inside of it right Right. So look so look at a situation like this. Pick everybody do this. Everybody pick the person in their life that they find the hardest to be with. The one that just thinking of their face pisses you off. <laughs> right? And and you can all have the reaction that you have. Whoever that is, could be a parent, could be a friend, could be a, a sibling, whatever it is, could be somebody that you don't even have a relationship, personal relationship is whatever it is. Okay. As you look at that person, can you realize in this moment two things? One is that it's not your responsibility to change them. All right? And two, 
can you stand there and see them just for who they are outside of your emotions? Right? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to. Yeah. So you see them for who they are. Right? And, and realize in that moment that there is nothing to be fixed. Nothing I need to do or fix. It's so interesting as you say this because the moment, <laughs> it's the paradox of the moment that I feel into there's nothing to be fixed. The energy of it is fixed or it's not even the word fixed it's the energy of it is resolved just comes back yeah ex exactly and that was the... an intern and that was a visceral a somatic feeling that you just yeah. had that is resolved yeah. right because mm. your mind's not in it right so so in that moment what you've done without without doing anything else is all you've done is acknowledge that person for who they are that's it this is who you are. You, this person is a person that always gets angry. This person is a person that's never happy. This person is a person that is always depressed, whatever that is. However you want to look at it. This person is a person that's, that is joyful to the point that is painful for me sometimes. Right? However you want to look at it. Right? But can, can I, through seeing them for who they are, and not needing to fix or change anything. Acknowledge that being. Not your mother, not your brother, not the person down the street, not your neighbor, just you're acknowledging the human. Mm. That's also an okay. important distinction, yeah, taking the label off. Yeah. You're, you're acknowledging the human, you're acknowledging the being, the soul that's inside of that physical form that you're looking at or thinking about right mm. and that also seems to be a distinction or a, or a perspective that seems to be much more prevalent in indigenous cultures where the spirituality of life is much more present and it's always there whereas in modern times it's it seems more removed so so look at it like this we put emotion to everything. And the, and the way that I explain this to people is, oh, fuck, it's raining. Oh, yay, it's raining. It's just rain. I acknowledge rain for what it is. I don't try and fix it or change it or put any kind of emotion to it. And I realize rain is rain. That's it. This person is just this person. Mm. Right? So if... I can step into acknowledgement. Then the next step is can I accept them for who they are? If I can acknowledge you for who you are, can I accept you for who you are, knowing that I don't have to fix, do, or change anything? Doesn't mean that I agree with you. Doesn't mean that I agree with you or disagree with you. It just means that I am accepting you for the for the soul human for the being that you are
Right. Okay. Yeah. So now is there room for forgiveness? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, let me just take a moment to process that. Why the why the emotional reaction? Did you have an emotional reaction to this? It w How to put this? Um, I think it's the. I, I think there are multiple things going on. One is the. Um, there is more to it than what Western culture has taught, and so whenever there's more to something, there's also a bit of hardship that comes with that of going okay there um it can't be all uh painted away with positive affirmations right you know it's like the first time you hear oh this solves everything and then there's this idea that there's something deeper and there is both a wonder to that and something deeply integral to that um and it certainly makes it more doable in those steps that you mentioned. Okay, I just need to take the next step. I don't need to try and go all the way to, to forgiveness. If we go from conflict and we go straight to forgiveness, the chasm between the two is so great that that we're, we're hard pressed to make that jump. Yeah. So yeah, I think the, the reaction I would was both of those, um, just both those things, but um. Thank you for this. This has been I'm trying to find a way. This has been phenomenal, uh, amazing, and eye-opening uh, in terms of yeah all those aspects to it. Um, let's wrap it up there. I think that's that's a nice place to finish it. Can you let people know about where they can find you and maybe you talk a little bit about some of the other workshops or classes that you have or ways that people can work with you as well? You know, it, it, for lots of people, the way that they, they introduce themselves or they, they get introduced to other people is through social media. So if you went to Facebook or if you went to Instagram, you will find me there, James Kawai Nui. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll see some of the things that I talk about and, and and I give examples about the way that I work with people through that. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can go to jameskoainui.com, which is my website. Yeah. Um, and your, you can reach out to me it, it, knowing james at jameskoainui.com is my direct email. So if you want to reach out to me that way, you can reach out to me at james at jameskoainui.com. And, and if you want to have a conversation, um, I offer a free 30-minute talk where we just sit and we talk, and you can tell me a little bit about what's going on, and can I'll give you some insights as best as I can and offer you um, a next possible next step. Mm -hmm. You know, people come to me to work with me all the time, and so... 
sometimes when people come and talk to me, it's the next step is working with me. Sometimes when people come to talk to me, the next step is go walking away with maybe the little tidbit that I gave them to um, move themselves forward. So I think we're past the place of thinking that we can do all this by ourselves. And I and I was a, I was a big advocate for that for a really long time because I'm the healer, so I'm supposed to know all the answers, which is totally bullshit. I have the people that I go to, and I reach out to people when I need help as well. And and we are at a place that there's really no more time, and it is time that if you're if we're you're wrestling with something, it may be time to reach out to somebody and ask them for some guidance. I'm not here to, I don't heal anybody. So if you come to me looking for healing, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But I, what my, my whole deal when people come to me is helping them see the places in their lives that they've been stuck and giving them tools so that they can move forward. I, I'm an advocate of teaching people how to take care of themselves, not them depending on me to take care of them. I don't do that for anybody. That makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I, I actually do want to say just like one last thing before we before we leave. Yes, today. you made a really big point because you were talking about the affirmations around ho'oponopono. That yeah, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. However, however you come by that, right? You can say that till the cows come home, but if. It, until it lands inside of your heart, it's going to stay cerebral and it's going to mean nothing. And I think that's where people fall down in this modern idea of hope on the planet because they think they, they can affirm their way through an issue. And that doesn't always work. Okay. Well, thank you, James. This has been this has been quite something. I I just love sitting with you, Hugo, because we talk about stuff that I don't talk about with a lot of people. So you bring out these things inside of me. So like I'm thinking, geez, I better go back and listen to this podcast because I said some pretty amazing shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not being I'm not being full of myself, but I'm saying, gosh, there was some things that I said that I actually need to listen to for myself. So yeah. I want to go back and I want to go back and listen to this. So I'm I'm going to go look for the the recording like yeah. everybody else. Now I think that's actually the sign of real mastery because I, I know someone in a different field who has really mastered this other field, and he'll do um calls uh you know how long calls where people will ask specific questions and sometimes they'll say something and it'll just be like well oh, crap i need to write that down that was really good because it's <laughs> i think it, the question brings up something that you know but you didn't know you knew or you hadn't articulated it that eloquently um so or or sometimes what's happening is that as you get into these spaces there's information that comes through you, and I work this way all the time with my with my ancestors, is that stuff will happen, I will say stuff, and I have no idea where it comes from because I know it's not coming from me. It's coming from that higher place or that higher form. And mm. it's saying, share this now. And I can and I go, got it. I'm sharing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you.
Well, lovely as always, and and I'm sure that there are other conversations because of the four things we talked about today, we barely got off the one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me just end the recording. Um, here we go. Thank you for listening to Wise Roots. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, subscribe, follow, or leave a review. And share this with someone who might enjoy it as well, because doing so helps more people find this podcast. To support this work, head over to the link in the description. There you'll also find my written pieces of content, offers, as well as a link to join the Wise Roots newsletter, which means that even if the platform on which you're listening to this decides to ban me, I'll be able to let you know where I've relocated to. Till next time, ciao, adios, au revoir.